What is going on, guys? Randallthor19 here for the Xbox 2 podcast on a Friday. Yeah, I know, another day where we couldn't do it on the regular day of Wednesday, but here we are. We didn't want to skip this week because next week is holiday, and I don't know if we're going to be doing a show. But anyways, let me introduce the other half of the show. Jez Corton, how's it going, buddy? Hey, guys. Uh, pretty good, man. How are you? You feeling festive? Festive, yes. Uh, a couple more days to Christmas, the holiday, you know, all the gift-giving stuff, but a bunch of things for my family. Uh, got most of the shopping done. There's a couple things I'm going to pick up, like, right before Christmas. You know, be like, hey, you know, I don't know what to get you. I'm going to get you a gift card. You know, because because <laughs> I don't mind giving gift cards because I don't mind getting gift cards. Am I, am I weird like that? Uh, no, I get gift cards sometimes. Are they Xbox gift cards? No, I mean, no. Like, my, my buddies were giving me crap about uh, getting people gift cards. And they're like, this is so impersonal, Rand. And I'm like, but here's the thing. I would much rather get a gift card, like, to Amazon or Xbox, and so I can buy something that I want rather than get a gift that I know I'll never use. Right? But, Rand... It's the thought that counts. Yeah, I know. It is the thought that counts, right? <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, so hopefully everybody is going to have a great uh, holiday if you're listening to it now. And there's my buddy Love Book Gopher. He says, they aren't thoughtful, Rand. He's the one He's the one who was giving me crap. They aren't thoughtful. Anyways, um, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to have a great show. There's a lot here to talk about. So as everybody shuffles into the room, make sure you uh, hit that like button and share this uh, bad boy out on social media so we can get even more people in here. And uh, man, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, <laughs> you had a little, uh, you had a little leak over the weekend. I did. Things got a bit leaky on Sunday. Microsoft has a uh, leak problem, Jazz. What's going on there? What, what? I don't know. I think they need a, they need a new plumbing company. Uh, yeah, they do, don't we? So, <laughs> Xbox Anaconda, Xbox Lockhart. Uh, me and Jez will discuss that in depth later on in the show. It's going to be pretty interesting because Jez has all the hot scoops. Scoops of hotness. And all the info you need to know about all this stuff. Uh, also, PlayStation 4 games coming to Xbox One and Switch? Excuse me? <laughs> what? Uh, what? No, no. Anyways, we'll talk about that. Um, Xbox posed to dominate next gen. Did you see that, Jez? From like a couple like really good articles, really positive about Xbox. Like thinking of writing a rebuttal to that, saying no, they aren't. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, you were thinking of writing a rebuttal? Yeah, like you, you, Windows Central, Jez Corden, be like, why Xbox is going to get dominated next generation? Oh God! See, you YouTubers, man, it's either it's either complete win or complete lose. Yeah, I guess no, so. There's no nuance. Well, because because there's the middle ground is just eh. Nobody wants to hear about second place. They want to hear about I first. Care. But they want to hear about, about last. They care about facts. I well, we talk about that, but I I have some words for Engadget's piece. Okay, it's a good piece. Okay. But uh, Microsoft is not going to definitely dominate next gen. Jez, they're posed, okay? They're posed to dominate, all right? Posed. Posed. Uh, Phil Spencer, person of the year? People of the year? Yeah. 
You know, we'll talk about that. Uh, Lost Odyssey, is there going to be a sequel, Jez? I saw that the trademark listing, uh, Microsoft just renewed it recently. It's got to mean a Lost Odyssey 2 is coming, right? That's interesting because I can't pronounce his name. Saguchi? Sakaguchi? Yeah. Saguchi. Wasn't he recently tweeting or did an interview saying he's going for his next game? He he was, yeah. So that be interesting? Yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, Spider-Man suit. Gamers, once again, uh, yelling at people at company. You know, Blizzard, which we'll talk about Blizzard, and that's going to piss oh, off Jez no, because, no. as Jez said to me before show, it's the beginning of the end for Blizzard. It's the Speaking beginning of, of the end. <laughs> it's the beginning of the end. There's and no a whole bunch ground. more. Yeah. And a whole bunch more to talk about. You know what? Actually, I have uh, that giveaway still going on as well, um, which runs until a couple weeks from now, I think. You know, three winners, one winner for Xbox Live Gold, uh, for a year of Xbox Live Gold, a year game pass, 50 random games. Second place gets 30 random games, and third place gets 20 random games. I'll have the link in the description. Dude, um, that's a lot of games. I know it's a lot of games. I'll have the link in the description. Um, you know, going forward, I didn't put it in there right away, but I'll throw it in the chat really quickly. So if anybody's watching right now can and hasn't entered it, can you enter it? Yeah, you can enter it. No, no, can I can I plug a giveaway? Oh, sure, go ahead. Well, if you follow me on on uh, Twitter at Jez Corden, I'm going to give away one of those Seagate SSDs. Mm, yeah, those... Xbox Seagate one terabyte SSD, super fast loading, super expensive. Super probably not worth mine yourself. But hey, you might be able to get it for free from me. That's right. Look out for that next week. Yeah, I see a lot of people doing it. My buddy Maka has one going on. Um, but yeah, so I got a giveaway going on. Enter it if you want. It's pretty much just simple. Just, you know, do the actions and you get a chance to win. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot to talk about. But as always, I want to talk about video games because it's the most important thing. Otherwise. What's good is a gaming podcast that doesn't talk about games. Hmm? I agree. Hmm. So, have, so, all right. People don't want to hear you talk about Fallout 76. I know you're playing what? it. Why not? Know, nobody wants to hear anything about Fallout 76, okay? The only thing they want to hear about Fallout 76 is how terrible Bethesda is. And I, I thought I saw an article <laughs> that said the uh, pay-to-win store, the Atoms, is like getting out of control. It's not um, pay to win. What are you talking about? I don't know. That's what I. That's what I saw. Purely cosmetic. There was, um, although there was some interesting uh, rumors that they might be putting accelerators in the store, which isn't going to go down like a, a radioactive lead balloon. But, mm. um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it too much. I'm, I'm just. I just like bad games around, okay? Apparently, apparently. If you had to pick your top three game of the year right now, what are your three games? I, I, I can guess. Actually, I know your top four. Two of them are broken. Oh, your top four. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Here here you go. This okay. is Judd's game of the year. Before he even writes an article, because I don't know if you have, or your personal thing. Number one, Fallout 76. Number yeah. two. Wouldn't be number one. Number two, State of the K2. Maybe. Number three, Monster Hunter World. (laughs) 
And number four, World of Warcraft. You got one wrong. Oh. I put, I'm not going to put World of Warcraft on my top four. Damn it. But, and have. you got the order wrong. Uh, Monster Hunter World's number one. Okay, yeah. so... Good. I have the KM Fallout 76 probably in there, though. I just, I just like... I just like Apocalypse games, man. It's practice. It's practice for when the real thing happens. Okay. Just practice for the real thing? Alright. Alright. So, anything else besides Fallout 76 you've been playing? I've been playing Ashen. Yeah, I, I played... I, I finished Ashen. What, what do you I think of it? I finished it, yet. Um, I like it a lot. It, it feels like... Um, oh, I, hate, I hate comparing it to Dark Souls because everyone compares it to Dark Souls. But it's not really like Dark Souls in the sense that uh, Dark Souls makes me angry. Ashen never really... When I, when I die in Ashen and learn the bosses and stuff like that, it, it just feels a little bit... It's, it's more forgiving, right? Would you say that's fair? It feels more like playing an action RPG on, on maybe hard mode instead it, of like a true Souls-like. It is definitely a more forgiving game. I, I call it like Indie Souls. Um, indie Souls. It's definitely not as brutal. So, a Souls light. Souls light. Because like you've got a roguelike, which is games like Rogue. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Rogue Light, which are games like Rogue, but lighter. Yeah. So, so, so have you been have you been uh, playing it with in, in co op with Roby? Uh, I've been playing it mostly with the AI. I think um, I haven't. Uh, I think me and Roby going to stream it next week, maybe over Christmas. But um, no, nah, I've been playing mostly solo. I just you know really immersive. I love the art style. I, do, do you find the art style to be polarizing? Some people like. No, I love. I I actually really enjoy the. Uh... Uh, the art style fashion. I, no, I like the art style too, but I've yeah. seen people say, "Oh, the art style is bad." Yeah, I've seen like people awesome. say they don't like the minimalist approach, or like, "Hey, each why don't these characters have faces and and stuff?" I don't know. I I thought it made it look unique. Yeah, that's, that's the way I saw it. So, Ashen Fallout seventy six. Uh, anything else? Uh, I've been playing Below as well. On below, and off. yes. Oh man, I have some things to say about Below. Good or bad? Oh, not good. Not good, really? Hmm. Yeah, I, I I uh uninstalled the game already. Whoa, really? Yes. You want to know why? Go on. They probably should have taken another five years of development to make that game, and, then, actu- and then actually <laughs> put out a good game. Oh snap! Yeah. Well, they they also said in an interview that they expected it to be polarizing. As well. Oh yeah, it's incredibly See, polarizing. Some people swear by it. I haven't got that far in it yet, so I'm not I'm not willing to put a you know a, a stamp on saying whether I like it or not. <laughs> Sean I Bel- like the 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 intro gave me goosebumps. I thought the intro was really cool. I love the well the, the art style too. I like it and some of the dynamic music is really cool and the music is great. But uh yeah, I haven't got far enough in it yet. So Sean Lebrie, shout out to Sean. He says, I wish Below was more Zelda and less Below. Uh, um, there's things to like about Below. Um, the soundtrack, for one, is is great. I actually dig the aesthetic, the art style. I don't mind the like way pulled out camera because it really gives this nice, like, 
kind of oppressive feeling like you alone against the world. It really does that well. Um, combat's fine. Like it's not great by any stretch of the imagination. It's just, it's okay. And I really, I, I actually didn't mind the like, Hey, figure it out for yourself. Right. I was like, Hey, fine. That's cool. That's what they're going for. What I despised is the game threw in like two of my most hated elements of game design survival stuff and crafting like nothing just turns <laughs> you nothing we're the partner offices man like I, I can totally understand why people hate fallout 76 right i can i completely understand why because it, it basically emphasizes the two the two things that people don't like so much about fallout uh Fallout 4, which was the crafting, and pretty much Fallout 76 is 100% crafting, 100% being over-encumbered all the time, and just doing simple things like repairing your armor. You you have to scavenge for hours. I like that, okay? (laughs) I like Minecraft. I like... It's uh, it's like therapeutic, you know? But when I, like... I think I've talked about this before on the show, about like the, the sort of therapeutic nature of crafting games where they're grindy and stuff like that. And Monster Hunter World does this to a degree as well, but Monster Hunter World is a lot more involved. Like you can play Monster Hunter World and come away feeling exhausted because it, it can be really difficult. But Fallout 76, it's just after a hard day of work and I want to empty my brain, I like crafting. So, Here, so I like <sighs> that in the game. Here's the thing. I was excited to play this game and then I started it and one of the first things I noticed was that you can eat. And I noticed this little icon that started draining. And I thought to myself, oh, no. Oh, no. They put in a hunger and a thirst mechanic. <laughs> and then if you don't drink water and if you don't eat at regular intervals or before the thing runs out, you die. And I said, why would they do this? And I guess it makes sense. Oh, you're an adventurer. Of course you need to eat and drink. It's immersive. It's not like the game. I think it's an. I think it's an artificial difficulty thing, because in my playthrough, I was more worried about starving to death than I was worried about the enemies. Right. So that's like strike number one and two and three, realistically. And then I don't. I don't. I don't care for crafting. I was. I I just. I just. I don't care. Like, why did? Why does every every game need to have crafting? It's like. It's like they were designing this game in 2013 because, like, Minecraft was still popular, and there was these other games that had Minecraft was still popular. I'm just saying, five years ago, think of five years ago when they were building below, and it's like, yeah, what do people like? Crafting and survival. It's like, no, not anymore. (laughs) Not in 2018, right? Yeah, we do. Give us more crafting and survival. Every game should have crafting and survival. But the thing was, I I hit a game breaking glitch. I hit a game-breaking glitch, and the only way for me to progress was to delete my save and start a new game. So right there, yeah, seriously. What was it? So I got to floor nineteen, right? All right, so I'll explain it. I got to floor four. I took the South Passage, right? And the lantern you get, which by the way, if you die, you got to go get the lantern, right? Permadeath thing, like yeah, I'm I'm cool with the permadeath thing, right? Whatever. So, you open up this door with the lantern. The doors open up with the lantern, right? You go down this, like, lift, and you're on, like, floor 18, floor 19. I died on 19, 
right? And when you die, you lose your lantern, you lose your character, and you spawn back at the beach. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll just go to where the lift was and go back to my thing. However, when I got back to the door, it was closed. But things are supposed to remain open permanently for all your playthroughs if you open them up. So I couldn't move forward. And the entrance to the other side of level four was closed because I didn't open it. Because obviously, like, I didn't, you know. So I have no way to progress at the game at all. Complete 100% glitch stuck. And I wasn't the only person because I was looking at Twitter. I was reading some threads and other people had the same issue. So had to start a brand new game, right? Started a brand new game. I think I got to floor like 20, 21. And I died, which is, you know, something that happens in the game quite a bit. Uh, And what would you know? I died. And when I came back to find my corpse, it was there. Well, my corpse wasn't there. I couldn't find it, but I couldn't find the lantern either. And it, it was in such a small area that was like, it was like you come in and it's like super small. There's, and it's like, it's just like a T section and it's nowhere. I'm like spamming a all over the place. I can kind of hear the lantern. I'm like, Oh my God, this thing fell off into the void. So I, I, that was the second glitch. And I'm like, I'm done. I just, I quit out of the game and I uninstalled it. Well, you've, Saved me some stress. I guess I should wait for some patches there. You did. You should. And my buddy Gopher, I know he's listening to this. He has 30 hours and below, uh, 80 deaths. Uh, he, he loves it. He's going to finish it. So I know he's steaming right now. I know there's freaking steam shooting out from his ears because he really likes it. And he hates that I talk this. Because I'll be in party with him. And I'm like, you're playing a shitty game. You know that, right? <laughs> Think how I feel, man. I was literally accused of being paid by Bethesda to like this game. To like Fallout 76 last week. So apparently the game was patched yesterday. Hmm. Did they patch out the hunger and stuff? I don't don't know about that. Maybe you're just bad at finding potatoes. When I played it, it was potatoes everywhere. Look, if you want to be hard because the enemies are difficult, that's fine. But I don't want to sit there and have to eat and drink and die because I didn't do it. Sorry. But you know what? You know, you know what's interesting? Another, what's another... the difference between that and just a regular health system? Well, because if I, I get know. hurt, I, 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 if, if I get hit by an enemy, at least I'm dying from the enemy and not dying because, you know, I couldn't find something to eat. But that was but the other thing was while I was searching for those three hours trying to find a way through the, the glitch, like I would die because I would run out of things to eat. So I kept on dying from starvation. And I'm like, I've had enough of this. I've had enough of this, right? And you know what was interesting? There was a patch just today for Darksiders 3, which they changed the combat in that game too. It's another oh, game that I played recently. Uh, cause Darksiders 3 was basically Dark Souls. Like, Darksiders 3, it wasn't Darksiders. It was Dark Souls in disguise, right? And I, oh, when, really? so when I started up Darksiders 3, and I'm a big fan of Darksiders. Like, I start Darksiders 1 and Darksiders 2. I'm really excited to play Darksiders 3, and I start the game up, and I'm like, oh no. Oh no, it's Dark, it's Dark Souls I thought, now. I always thought the point of Darksiders was that it, it kind of felt like, the modern Zelda games. Yes, 
but this no, like yes, they, they are. They're the modern Zelda games, hack and slash. I mean, like the yeah. So I say modern Zelda games, like there aren't still Zelda games coming out, but I just mean like they're supposed to be like the darker Zelda games. Yeah. So as I'm playing, so as I'm playing, I'm like, this game is Dark Souls, right? And it's funny because all the people I see that like Dark Souls are like, "Yo, Darksiders Three is sweet, bro." I'm like, did you like Darksiders 1 and 2? No. and But now Darksiders is good because it just happens to have be Dark Souls. And all the Darksiders fans are like, what the heck? I didn't want this. Right? So they patched it yesterday to uh, have a classic Darksiders combat, which is supposed to play more like original Darksiders. And then, of course, like the regular like combat. They So they basically patched in a mode where like you don't take damage if you roll or dodge roll. So it's like, it plays more like one and two now rather than like Dark Souls. So it's like, all right, cool. Like, I'll, like, cause I had stopped playing Darksiders 3 cause I was like, I don't want Dark Souls. I'm not a fan of Dark Souls. You know, so I'm like, but now that it's supposed to play more like one and two, I'll probably go back and finish that game cause I do love me some Darksiders. I haven't tried it yet. I, I also, I also played the new snow map on PUBG. Yes, I'm kind of addicted to PUBG again. Uh, oh, kill me. Please. Oh. It happened again. How come you're allowed to play a bugged, broken game, but I'm not? <sighs> I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, all I of a sudden... I literally saw part of the patch notes today. Wasn't it like a mode that makes the frame rate better? Yeah, so they, <laughs> so they finally put in the, in, the private, in the public test server, they finally put in the Xbox One X uh, frame rate or resolution modes. So resolution mode is 4K 30 frames and uh, frame rate mode is 1440p 30 frames. Still 30 frames? Yep. Why don't they do 1080p 60? I don't know. I don't know. So, but snow map's actually really cool. We had a ton of fun playing it last night, but like I'm addicted to it again. That like everybody wants to play. It's like for a while there while there was games out, you know, when Spider-Man and Red Dead and Tomb Raider... Right, and all these games were out. Like nobody wanted to play PUBG, but now like none of the games are out, and it's like, all right, PUBG again, and it's like oh, I get dragged back into it, and then it's like, oh yes, it is kind of good now, so much better than what it was uh, before. But uh, what are you gonna do? I've been, pl- I've been playing another game you don't like. What's that? Smash Bros, baby! Oh my god, Smash is trash. <laughs> Your trash is trash. Oh man. Um, I did play a game on my Switch. Oh my god! I turned it, it that, on. That Arty one. What Greece? Oh, I can't remember what it's called now. Yeah. Um, I played Greece. Oh yeah, that one. That's yes. It, yeah. that I, uh, I thought it was pronounced Grace. I saw one of my one of my favorite YouTubers, uh, game reviewer Skill Up. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, he did a review and I watched like five minutes of it. I'm like, okay, I don't need to say anymore. I'm playing this game. Went out that night. Well, went out to Amazon. I bought, you know, a gift card for myself and I'm like, all right, I'm going to use the switch and bought the game and loved every second of it. Game is amazing to me, at least. Um, See, you, you like those sort of boring eye games, don't you? Boring? How dare you? You're playing Fallout 76. You have no room to talk. You have absolutely no room to talk whatsoever. I can I can build a apocalyptic farm in this game. Leave me alone. Yeah. No, it's um 
it's what I would call a. It's a it's it, walking simulator elements to it, but it's much more of a game than Journey was. It's a two D side scroller, but much more of a puzzle platformer. Walking uh, simulator, but but it's no, it's not. See, you walk in between like different areas, and like there's a lot of puzzle solving. Like puzzle solving, it's not gonna nothing. You'll be sitting there looking like, well, I'm really confused. But it's more of a platformer, much more of a game than Journey is. Like more of a game than like Edith Finch or Abzu. Like I know that kind of is a term people use for games where you like you move left to right or you just walk, uh, and it's where you don't like Firewatch and stuff like that, where it's just like conversations. Like there's no dialogue in this. It's just like an actual game. It's just kind of elements where you like kind of like walk to the side. Fortunately, I like games that are actual games. Yeah. So you, I think you might like, and it looks gorgeous. Looks like a watercolor painting come to life. Um, it's only on Switch and PC. Not sure if it'll come to Xbox. I hope it does. I'll play it again in a heartbeat. Um, but yeah, I recommend it if you guys enjoy that type of stuff. If you have a Switch, uh, pick it up. But uh, yeah, that's my, that's pretty. My Nintendo Switch is pretty much a Smash Bros. machine. Next year, it'll become a Pokemon machine. Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah. So that's it for the games we've played. I mean, hopefully, I can finish up Darksiders three. There really isn't a big game that comes out until Resident Evil two in about a month from now, and then like it's nonstop. It's Resident Evil two, Kingdom Hearts three, Crackdown three, Metro. Far Cry New Dawn, Anthem, Devil May Cry 5. It's going to be like one thing right after the other. And Division 2. Right Division after. 2. Yeah, all these games. It's going to be crazy. I can't wait to play. And the first game that's coming out is potentially a Game of the Year candidate. Resident Evil 2 Remake. Or Resident oh, yeah. Evil 2. Oh, Whew. God. I'm so, so hot for that. And the indie gamer, he brings up, he has a quote, he, uh, what he says in chat here. Crackdown 3 footage looks good. I figure we'll talk about that right now. Crackdown 3 footage. IGN had a IGN first. Curses. Which, which right. is, okay. Now, I've seen a lot of the IGN first. And most of the time, it's Ryan McCaffrey. Someone IGN sitting down with the developer going over footage. And they're talking back and forth. This was just Joseph Staten. And like a pre-recorded thing, introducing people to like Crackdown Three. It was the same footage we were shown that we couldn't talk about. So it's kind of weird that we weren't allowed to talk about it. And it, it seemed kind of weird to be an IGN first, especially with no Ryan McCaffrey, anybody there to kind of like talk to Joe. It really just seemed like an ad that Microsoft gave IGN. Oh, IGN. Yeah, that is weird. I mean, that's the that's the kind of thing you put on your own YouTube channel. Exactly. That's what I thought. I'm like, this. Why was this is something you put on your YouTube channel? I'm like, introduction to Crackdown. Because like for IGN first, I'm thinking, all right, you're gonna have Ryan McCaffrey, some other dude. They're gonna be you know joking around with the guys who make Crackdown, giving us some info. But it was literally just like, oh, here's here's just an informational piece with it, it, was, it, was, it was weird. Um, it was the same presentation we got, and I don't know why we weren't allowed to talk about it, but. Because um, IGN I mean, was paying the money, that's why. I don't think so. I don't think any money changed hands. But anyway, uh, what did you think? What did you think about it? Okay, um, I think graphically it looks much improved from the 2017 disaster. 
when they showed it off at Comic-Con. Um, and my other kind of thought is it's Crackdown. Whether that's crackdown. good or bad is up to the person. If you like Crackdown, you're going to like this because it's Crackdown. If you never like Crackdown, then you're not going to like this because it's Crackdown. I think the more pertinent question is, if you've never played Crackdown, are you going to like it? Is it going to feel dated in 2018? Because I have never played Crackdown. So, well, I mean, I've cra- I played Crackdown 3 multiplayer. And I played Crackdown 2017 E3 demo. So, but what I'm wondering ultimately is, is this going to feel dated for me in 2019? I mean, I guess possibly. Um, It looked like it could be fun to play in co-op. It looked like one of those games that you can literally turn your brain off, grab a friend, and just go collect the agility orbs and just wreck, wreck shop in that town and just not pay attention to anything that you're doing and just talk about what's going on in the world. See, you know? that, I like the sound of that. That's because... what it sounds like to me. So it'd be perfect for you because that's exactly what you do in Fallout 76. You don't pay attention to nothing. <laughs> Seriously, I'm I'm literally... Right, I'm playing it right now. And I have no idea where I'm going, what I'm doing. I'm literally mindlessly walking around shooting things and looting things. So that sounds that sounds good to me. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm still going to play it. I did my most anticipated list, uh, which I'll ask you what yours are in a minute here, uh, for 2019. And I didn't have Crackdown in my top 15. And people were like, what are you, no Crackdown? It's like, just because it's not in my top 15 doesn't mean I'm not going to play it. Just that there's other games I would rather play. But, I mean, one thing that kind of did strike out to me was, and correct me if I'm wrong, anybody in chat, uh, it looked like like when they were doing the agility jumping to collect the orbs, I was like, and he dashed forward. I'm like, oh, that's ReCore. You know what? When I was playing the multiplayer, I literally started thinking, this feels like ReCore. And I'm like, just, and kind of what I was like looking at, I'm like, the way he animates and the way he dashes forward, I'm like, did they take that directly from ReCore? Now, my buddy said to me when we were when I brought this up in party chat last night when we were playing PUBG, my buddy said to me, Crackdown 2 had a dash move too. And I'm like, are you sure? Because I don't remember there being a, a dash. Like Sunset Overdrive had a dash forward that you could do. And that's another thing it kind of reminded me of a little bit was Sunset Overdrive uh kind of uh movement in the air. Um but that's yeah. When I saw it, I'm like, okay. Well, you have so to remember, Joseph Staten worked heavily on Record Two. Right? Yes, that is true. That is true. I mean, um, I, I don't know if I said to him when I met him whether it felt like Record because I did. I did feel like it played like Record. Like the I was I literally because I, I played Record a lot and completed it. And I sort of like in those sort of platformer games, you sort of learn them to the point where it's sort of in your muscle memory. And Crackdown sort of tapped into that recall muscle memory when I was playing it. So, yep. Rockdog yeah. says that no, that's from Crackdown. It had a dash move. Well, I know Crackdown One didn't have a dash move, so they must have put that in Crackdown Two. But I can't remember it. I have no memory of Crackdown Two. I remember the jump boots that you got from the DLC, but like, I don't remember there being a dash move. I mean, I, I guess I'm well, whether whether it's from Crackdown Two or not, it felt pretty good to me yeah i mean like you instead of like 
double jumping and then missing a jump by like a few inches, you can dash forward and make sure that you hit, or you can punch forward and make sure you hit. It's mm-hmm. all about like fast traversal at the end of the day. Because um, <clears throat> that's one of the things Spider-Man got praised for, right? It made open world traversal feel good, even without fast travel. Yeah, I mean, hopefully the game uh, does well. I'm, I'm kind of interested in seeing uh, more of the IGN first. Interesting that they have, like, what, 10 different characters with different abilities, uh, different perk levels, and, like, uh, world states that you could, like, you could save your game and kind of, like, go back to it if you want. Um, So it might be a good time in in co-op. I'm not sure that the multiplayer is going to, like, we'll just have to wait and see the February 15th. But um, another Xbox, while exclusive from back on the 360, Lost Odyssey. So this kind of I saw today, and then um, someone asked me on Twitter. I think Ironclaw Gaming, if I'm saying his uh, tag right, I think that was him. He asked me if we would talk about it on the show if Lost Odyssey Two is happening because they just renewed Microsoft just renewed the trademark for Lost Odyssey. It, and, is, it is it is interesting that the trademark gets renewed the same t- the same week where uh, Sakaguchi. Talking about, making but it's it. also eleven, nine years and eleven months to the trademark being registered. So, and you have to register trademarks or renew trademarks every ten years. So oh, it could just be a coincidence. Is well, it could just be like they still sell they still sell Lost Odyssey in the marketplace. So it's just like we'll renew it because they abandoned the Scalebound trademark. Well, because there's no Scalebound game. Um, so I honestly do not think, I know a lot of people out there want this to be like, like, like this, they want this to mean something. I want it. I want it to be true for two reasons. A lost Odyssey is the classic final fantasy gameplay that square Enix has abandoned B because Xbox has no JRPGs. Yeah. They don't have any JRPGs. Um, uh, people are questioning me if they uh, abandoned the Scalebound trademark. I'm pretty positive they abandoned it. Damn. I mean, we could look it up on Google. I- I'm I'm positive last time I looked, it was abandoned by Microsoft. Let's look it up. Let's look up Scalebound trademark. See, let's see what the Scalebound trademark says. Yeah, there we go. Look at that Scalebound status six oh six abandoned. No statement of use filed. Rip. Yeah, I, I keep telling people that game's never coming back. Yeah, Let so... It go. Let it so go. As of now, if, I mean, if you guys can just go type in Scalebound Trademark, you'll go to just the trademarks, and it says right here, Abandoned. So Microsoft didn't renew it or didn't didn't do whatever, um, unless I'm looking at it wrong, but, I mean, you guys can look at it for yourself. So, uh, yeah, Lost Odyssey. I don't think... That means anything. I think they're just renewing it because I hope know, it means everything. I know you do, and I know a lot of people out there want to believe it, right? And uh, I, I just, and I hate being the guy that say, you know what? It's not right, true. Right. I hate, <laughs> I hate being the guy that's like your dreams. I will crush them, right? <laughs> um, wow, that's mean. Why you're a mean guy, Rand? I know. You, so you dream, the they renewed. Part. So yeah, they renewed the Lost Odyssey trademark, but I don't wouldn't expect the uh, Lost Odyssey two. I don't think it's happening 
whatsoever. I think it could happen. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard anything that is happening. But I don't, I don't know why I necessarily would either. I suppose I could ask around a little bit of digging, dig stuff. Dig I don't know. See, now people are telling me that I'm wrong and Scalebound was never abandoned. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I just, I just went to the trademark listing. It says abandoned. So. I don't know. I'll find that out as well. Doesn't really matter because they're never making a scale bound. So Yeah. Scale scale bound is uh Oh wait, actually this might be for something different and not actually scale bound by Microsoft. This is a different scale bound. Uh, actually I don't know. Rand tell Microsoft PR's calling you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Should we uh, move on? Yeah, let's move on. So, uh, PlayStation 4 games coming to Xbox. Oh, right. This was uh, the job listing. The job listing for PlayStation now, which said they want to expand it to more devices, correct? Yeah, so there was a job listing that talked about uh, they wanted to bring PlayStation now to any device. Which, the only reason I'm talking about it is because we literally had this discussion a week ago, two weeks ago, because Phil Spencer said they wanted to bring Xbox Game Pass to every device. And of course, when people say it with every device, they think, does that mean PlayStation and Switch? So, and of course, when when they see this with PlayStation, it's like, well, you know, does this mean Xbox and Switch? And the obvious answer is, of course not. Of course not. Like, And I said that right in my video. Of course not. <laughs> like Sony has no interest in putting PlayStation now on, on the Xbox or the Switch. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be so sure about that. I, I would I would bet money on it. Isn't Sony's current CEO got a cloud background? Yes, he is a PSN. I think he ran PSN. Well, you know the way you expand your cloud is to put it on more kinds of devices, right? True, and there's already plenty of mobile devices and PCs and smart TV apps and all those different things. Yeah, but what if you've got someone who's locked into Xbox who doesn't want to buy a PlayStation who you can monetize via PlayStation Now which has better margins than the hardware? Good business sense. Mate. Right, but then again, why would Microsoft want to allow a competing service on their platform which if, if for reciprocation so what? Maybe. Reciprocation in the sense that, hey, you let Xbox Game Pass on PlayStation Network and we'll let PS Now on our our platform? Why the hell not, man? Why the hell not, baby? Oh my god, that'd be like cats and dogs living together. Anarchy, the end times. Oh, they, they did it at the Game Awards, man. That was the first time. That was true, yeah, but I mean, like, like Phil and all those, they're all friends. Like Phil, Sean, and Reggie, That's you know, awesome. like, it yeah, doesn't mean anything. I just, hey, I, I, I'm I, not saying I'm not saying it means anything. I'm just saying, if it does happen, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. I would be incredibly surprised, incredibly surprised. And the, like Sam Tolbert in chat brings up a good point. The only way he can see that happening is if the, if they both see Google as a super massive threat. It's Google and Tencent they see as a super massive threat. <sighs> yeah, um, but like. Okay, so like we're gonna put our stuff on yours, and you're gonna put your stuff on ours. Like, that doesn't really expand the market because, doesn't it? 
They'll have, exclusive, really. they'll have exclusive stuff on it. I don't know. I, obviously, I think it's some. I think this is all. Thing is right. Up. Put, it, put it this way: if cloud blows up, and Xbox is everywhere, and PlayStation isn't, that's a problem. If uh, Xbox is on Switch and PlayStation isn't, that is a problem for 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 Sony. So you know, I I would thoroughly expect if they are serious about getting PlayStation now to the level of quality where it can compete on that level. And, and this is, of course, assuming that xCloud doesn't suck, of course, because it might well suck. But let's assume that it doesn't suck for the sake of argument. If xCloud's on everything and PlayStation now isn't, that's a problem. So that's why if Sony wants to be serious about competing there, they can't be closed-minded to putting it on other platforms. That's the way I think. That's why I think about it. See, I see Sony putting PS now and whatever on mobile phones and on the PC streaming. I see them even releasing their exclusive streaming like, like day one, like maybe not in a subscription service like game pass. You know, I, I suppose, think, um, I think in a, has an advantage as well because they have a TV business that can back into. Yeah. PlayStation view. But I see, do see a future where at some point, let's say it's God of war two or something. You can play it on your mobile phone. Maybe, maybe, and I'm talking like this is like years from now. Uh, I, 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 I believe that will 100% happen because I don't know. Jez, Jez, you, you, you believe that the streaming wars, are, like the streaming wars is going to be like a real big thing, right? No, that streaming I, I is, I'm the, not, I'm not saying it is, you know, the, the, the prerequisite for it to become a big deal is that A, it works. And we don't know if it will. PlayStation mm-hmm. now certainly isn't good enough for me. Well, they can so, always uh, partner uh, with Amazon. Well, um, well, even, that doesn't mean anything, you know. I mean, it's it's more than just having a data center. And like uh, Matt Brown from Windows Central put up a great article the other day that collects all the different research Microsoft has done in like AI based uh, predictive processing for graphics and and and. Uh, like uh, halfway measures to reduce latency and local collision and then streaming the textures and stuff like that. There's, there's way more to this than simply having a data center. Right. And um, I've tried PlayStation now and it's just, it's not good enough for sure. You can play like a turn-based game, like mutant year zero XCOM that works just fine. But I tried playing fear and it was just too damn laggy. It felt like, you know, I was sort of playing through mud or something. So on that basis, um, if xCloud is on that level, then no, it's never going to get popular and it will remain this sort of niche thing for specifically turn-based games. However, if xCloud is good, then and Sony wants to compete with that, they need to be in the same places that... And But the thing is, like, they could already be. You just wouldn't know it. What if they've already partnered with Amazon? We just don't know it. We we don't Mike. The thing is, we know it's nothing. Not, it's about- not just Amazon. It's like I'm talking about like Nintendo Switch. If Xbox mm-hmm. is on Switch and PlayStation isn't, that's a problem. I don't know because MPD reported that like 65 percent of the people who own a Switch in the United States own a PlayStation or an Xbox. So like, you, you really are you really that expanding that much I mean, when you're going on a platform? I mean, where two thirds of the people already own the other platform. Like I just mean down the line, man. It's like, it's like I was saying to someone on um, Twitter the other day, 
It's like um, when they first took off. I mean, this is just a sort of basic example. When they first took office to mobile phones, it was exclusive to Windows Phone. Nobody mm-hmm. had a Windows Phone, so it was pointless. Right. And Steve Ballmer was like, "Oh, we don't, we don't want to put it on iPhone, and we don't want to put it on iPad because that'd help those platforms and screw up our own platforms." Blah blah. blah. Maybe that's true, but the second they did that, Office made an absolute shitload of money. So the whole the whole thought process behind cloud-based services is that you go wherever people are. Yeah, you go where the customer is instead of trying to get the customer to come to you. You go where they are. I get I get the strategy. And look, I'm like the strategy and and wanting to bring your games to two billion gamers to expand the market and make more money. Like you got to take that risk. Yeah, the risk is the streaming work. Maybe, maybe not. Will people take to it? Maybe, maybe not. Do people want those games? Maybe, maybe not. But like, it, you have to try, right? Yeah, you have to like, try. If the technology is there and you have that competitive advantage, you have the Azure cloud and all that stuff, you have to try. And because yeah. you'd be dumb not to. However, even if they do try, nobody may, may care. They might just look at those games like, I don't care. I just want Candy Crush. But yeah, for sure. But I also agree that with Google getting in and them offering a really cheap way to play games, which is going to affect Sony's bottom line if it's stealing customers and third-party purchases from PlayStation, then Sony has to protect themselves in the long run and offer a similar service, right? So then it's like you have all these competing streaming platforms and it's like, well, who do you choose? Like if it's obviously going to be based on which the price, which one's the cheapest, the performance, like which one runs better, and the content. Because if they're all going to basically stream all the same yeah. third-party games, the difference is Sony's got really great exclusives as that, that, they that showed is- this year, and that's why Microsoft is buying a bunch of whole stu- new studios so they can differentiate themselves from eventually Google coming in and being like, all the third-party games are here and you don't need to buy a console and they run great right now. And all you need is a browser, right? Yeah. I mean, mean, that's kind of how I was reading everything. That's pretty much much it. And you hit the nail on the head when you said um, the content is king because now, like, if we look at streaming movies and television, right, that that market is getting saturated now. And you've started seeing consortiums appear, like movies everywhere, which puts all your digital content into one storefront with a or a consortium working together. Because people are fed up of the fragmentation, you know. People don't want to subscribe to Netflix, Hulu, Disney, what streaming service, whatever it's called. They don't want to subscribe to all those different things. Um so ultimately the choosing which to subscribe to depends pretty much fully on the content spread. So like we've always talked about how Microsoft is well positioned for next gen with the cloud and all that sort of stuff, but they could run into exactly the same problem where they don't have good enough content. Yeah, that, that could be something that bites them in the ass. And uh, I see we have 340 people watching only 80 likes. Do us a big favor. Hit that like button. If you're enjoying the show or hit the dislike button, if you aren't liking it, um, really helps it out. Share out the link, and we're gonna move on. Um, Jazz, did you see that Sony confirmed the PlayStation Five for 2019? No, I didn't. 
You didn't see this from your favorite publication segment next? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait till, wait till you hear the reason why. Like, literally, this was their art. That was their headline. Because I saw the article and I'm like, are they saying what I think they're saying, right? And for any of the PlayStation fans listening and some of the Xbox fans, you might have heard about this. So PlayStation gave away a free theme, free Christmas theme, right? Uh, on the PSN. Have you heard about this, Jazz? No. Okay. So the PlayStation theme, it has like a couple like slides. <laughs> and one of the slides, it's like, it says PlayStation, right? But the S in the middle of PlayStation, the, the you know, the one, in, the S at the front of station is not an S. It's a five. <gasps> right. And segment next what? ran an article saying that how basically Sony's confirming the place. And that was like literally their title. Sony confirms PlayStation five for 2019. And they cite this free theme that PlayStation gave out. And it is a five. There's no mistake in it because you can see the S and, you know, uh, I think it was like Merry Christmas was the other thing. And you can see the S. So it's definitely a five. But then people were like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. 2019? They're confirming PlayStation 5 right now on my free theme. But, of course, people forget that uh, it's a 50-year PlayStation. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I, I, there are some websites that just clickbait so hard. And I couldn't believe it when I saw Segment Next run that story. Well, the segment next is um, the website that was copy and paste in our articles. Did you see what? this? I did see that. I did see that. And and there, I mean, not just our articles. They were probably copy and paste in all sorts of people's articles. But obviously, I only found ours. And there's um there's a website where you can you can run an article through a like a, a language comparison tool to see if it flags it up as uh, plagiarism and that they, they had like 95 percent plagiarized articles from us like they just changed a couple of words around it's like it's uh, ridiculous but, i don't know i don't know man i don't trust that website for some reason yeah i wouldn't trust them either it's ridiculous what's what some websites and some youtubers will do just to get a quick buck you know like make up- some youtubers around with it though right um, yeah, you know, the people you would expect to run with it definitely made videos about it, for sure. <laughs> I thought about making a joke video, uh, but even I I was like, no, like, I thought about making one. <laughs> no, it's not that it was a belief. I, I would have made it like a joke, like it was a, it would be a troll thing like I did previously a couple weeks ago. But even I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, no, this is stupid. Like, who's literally going <laughs> to be like, yeah, you know. The five means the PlayStation's coming next year. I mean, there were people that made videos about that for sure, you know, like, <laughs> like, but those people, they'll, they'll do anything for a quick buck. They'll sell their mother down the river for like, you know, a free meal if they could. Um, but yeah, I did see an analyst today saying that, uh, I don't know if you saw this one, but, uh, he expects PlayStation five and Xbox two 2021. 2021, eh? Yeah, that seems uh, incredibly too far away to me. I, I've, I mean, I've the current thinking, and Brad Sam's corroborated this from his sources is a holiday twenty twenty fact for Anaconda. Yeah, uh, the Anaconda. Yes. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't know for sure. It's just these are the the credible rumors I've heard, and always, as always, plans can change. Blah blah blah. 
But, you know, he's, I, I believe this one because um, his source is completely different to mine. That, that's why he had more details than I did. And my source is different than yours. Ooh. Oh, have you heard it too? Yeah, I've heard 2020 for months. We talked about it before. Yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, yeah we, I mean, we have, but I just, I just, the the leaks and rumors just roll into one sort of mess. Yeah, they do. It's just like I, I, I can't. Number one, I can't see PlayStation going all the way to 2021. Like they just pulled out of E3, they canceled PSX, they didn't do anything at Paris Games Week. Like they're clearly like, yo, we're we're hunkering down until we're announcing the PlayStation Five, which is probably sometime later at the end of next year. They ain't no 2021. They're not waiting all the way to 2020. And then, you know, so like, it doesn't make sense for PlayStation and Xbox. Yeah. Like they don't, I mean, like next year looks next year for Xbox looks better than the last two years. I mean, you have Ori, you have crackdown and you have gears five battle toads, but like that's, that's definitely a better year than, uh, you know, 2017 and 2018. But like after that, it's like, I think everything's for next gen, which is 2020. Um, so yeah, I don't, the analyst is like 2021. It's like, uh, I don't know about that. Like, I think that's too far away, but you brought it up and I figured, okay, we're at that point. Uh, you, you mentioned Xbox Anaconda. So, you wrote an article and you scoop Mr. Brad Sams, who also did Sorry, the same Brad. thing. Um, he, he... Well, well, Brad, Brad tweeted on Sunday, I'm going to write an Xbox article tomorrow. Yeah. And I was like, Wait a I, minute. Pl- Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm going to write an Xbox article. <laughs> Wait a minute. I was already doing one. I, I, was, I was planning to run that article on Thursday. And um, I had to be like to my editor, Sorry, man. I got to bring this forward because I think. Brad's got the same information he's, I have. He's gonna scoop me, and I ain't, I ain't gonna get scooped because he got. I ain't gonna get scooped. You got one a.m. on Sunday. You got scooped on uh, on the disless console, if I remember. I did. I did. did. Which the disless console supposedly getting revealed next next month? Yeah, that's that's, what I heard. that's information Brad didn't have. I think. Yeah. Getting, now, yeah, again, plans can change. Blah blah blah. As we saw with the Surface Mini, which was apparently literally days away from being announced when Microsoft cancelled it. Um, How could they do that? How could they do that? Uh, yeah, I guess. But, yeah, it, it happens, right? Yeah. Um, but they, I, they just decide <laughs> this is a bad idea. So I see a bunch of snakes on uh, in chat, and I see people already <laughs> using a snake icon as part of their, you know, Twitter thing is like the anaconda, like it's coming, you know? So what do we have here, Jez? So, so tell me about, so Xbox Scarlet is the family of Xbox next generation devices. That's what it looks like. And that, go ahead, go explain it all. And then we will discuss. Okay. So the way I've heard it is Scarlet is the family of devices. That's what, that's what we've heard for, for years now at this point is that the first person, who talked about Scarlet was Windows Central Zach Bowden. Um, we didn't know what it was at the time. We just knew that it was hardware and probably Xbox related. And I think that was a couple of years ago now. So that was Zach. And since then, we've started learning bits and pieces about it. That, And we were confused because it was like, uh, it seems like Scarlet is referring to more than one device here. And then now we've got like, uh, information about this discless console, which is supposed to launch next year. 
which um, seems weird, right? That almost feels like an experiment to gauge people's interests in an all digital console to me. I'll talk about that. I'll talk about how I feel about that more in a bit. Okay. But, but, uh, and then we've got this. Uh, Brad Sams posted that about the discless console. And then I heard that there was going to be a console called Anaconda. And that was originally, I heard it was a dev kit, actually. Um, but, uh, then I heard later that no, it's the it's the X version. It's X two or Scarlet Pro, right? Yeah. So basically, it looks like they're gonna have an iPhone. Uh, I can't remember what they're called now. An basically, they're, they're doing it like the the big iPhone and the small iPhone. They're doing they're giving people two options. You can either pay a bit more and have more power, or pay a bit less and have less power for the next gen experience. Now, I think we, we heard conflicting things on how powerful these systems are going to be. I haven't got any specific information on the specs, whereas Brad Sams has. Ooh. Um, yeah, I'm sure he posted, like, talks about the, Zen, the Zen 2 CPU and AMD's next-gen uh, GPU technology, which most people call Navi. Yeah, so I, I have no information about the specs, um, but if uh, if that's accurate, then fair enough. I, all I, I've heard sort of a vague, um, the Anaconda will be the super powerful console targeting to be more powerful than PlayStation 5. However, however, how people know that, I don't know, but it is what it is. And, um, and also we have the, the other console. Lockhart, uh, Xbox Lockhart. Lockhart. Right. Yeah. Lockhart, which is supposed to be. Specs-wise, around as powerful as the X, specs-wise, but with a better operating system, thus getting more power out of it. Well, it would have it would have a better CPU for sure. It would ditch the Jaguar CPU and probably have that Zen two, and then it probably would have a you know a better GPU uh, than what the you know the current Xbox One has. Uh, so it could just be same specs, like you know, six teraflops, maybe even less, but actually perform better because yeah. while it has a way better CPU in it, um, which... That's basically what I've heard, is that it will it'll provide a, a next-gen experience, but it will, on paper, it'll look around as powerful as the X, but they'll get more juice out of it with software and cooling techniques and better, better hardware, more efficient hardware and stuff like that. And that's what That's all I've heard. You know, so far, and also I've heard that the discless Xbox One console, which is supposedly an Xbox One S, I don't know for sure if that's right or not, because uh, I think a discless Xbox One S would be far less compelling than an X. But um, a discless Xbox One S, which is codenamed Maverick, which I didn't hear, that was 100% Brad Sam's um, on the codename there. Um, a Maverick, I've heard, gets announced in January and gets launched in the spring. Hmm. So what do we think what do, what do we think about the uh dual pronged approach that Microsoft is taking for next generation? A basically moving the X forward so it launches with the S, S2, X2, uh Scarlet Pro, Scarlet Arcade, Anaconda Lockhart. And if Sony is only launching one SKU that would sit in the middle, because to me it's like if you're running 
a skew that's supposed to be super powerful and then one that's more price sensitive, it means it like kind of either says that to me, like you think your competitors is going to offer one at this specific price point and that you're going to try to like beat them on power and then also beat them on price. Mm, um, with two different consoles. Unless, or unless they, they think Sony's going to do the same thing they are and they're just, they need to have two SKUs because Sony's going to have two SKUs. You know? That's a possibility as well. That is a possibility. But I think like, you know, Apple's proven that the, the two SKU model works and um, Samsung has proven it. You know, all smartphone vendors have proven it. That well, I mean, the X and the S prove it. So does yeah. the pro and the so does the pro in the PlayStation. I mean, some people will say it'll confuse consumers, which I'm sure there'll be a small minority of people that will be confused. Um, and the thing That's is, the like, thing like people people learn, and if this becomes the norm, it'll be it'll be just the same as like. You know, you got your Samsung. Like, I think it was announced or leaked today that there's going to be a, Sam, a Samsung 10 S10 Edge, an S10 Plus, and an S10 Lite or something like a, a cheaper one. So, like, people people understand that there's different price tiers and you get different quality depending on how much you pay. You know, it's the same for every other type of hardware, so I don't know why it isn't the same for consoles. Lap- laptops and surfaces have different models. Phones have different models. Why not consoles too? Yeah. See, I disagree with the Ravenflow. He says the small minority aren't confused as the majority. I think the majority know are perfectly understand what two SKUs means. I've, Apple's been selling two iPhones every single year since forever. And I know people will say, "Well, those are phones; think, these um, are consoles." Like, I think what I think doesn't what matter. People, people might find confusing is why is Xbox two and PlayStation isn't. I think that's why what people might find confusing. Mm, maybe, and I mean, maybe there might be some confusion out like what games play where. I, I could see that, but I'm not. I'm not sure people will be confused on like here's a really expensive one that plays games better, and then here's one that's you know for like for the price. Like, I, I don't think people would get confused by that, but then again, you know what that comes down to that's marketing and messaging. Like that's up to Microsoft and their teams and their marketing division to market it properly and get the message out about it. And that's one thing they did pretty terribly for most of this generation. It's one of the things that, you know, destroyed them at the beginning was the messaging. So they need to be way better at uh, that when next gen comes around. Um, so I don't know. Like, I don't think people will be confused. And I mean, for me, myself, like, I'll get the Anaconda, right? And for people out there who want the PC, play the games on the PC, go right ahead. You can play You can play your games on the PC. You can, all the Xbox games. I'm sure you guys have heard Gears of War. Five is being made with PC in mind. Halo Infinite is being made with PC in mind to treat them like first class citizens. Like, if you want to play on PC, by all means, absolutely do that. Uh, nobody's stopping you from doing it. Uh, but there's always there's a contingent of people that don't want to play on PC. Um, Me, that, that, yeah, that like, hey, that will like, I'll take the Anaconda and the power it's going to give me. And then other people will be like, you know what? I don't have that much money. I want next gen. I'll spend the whatever money amount of money is for Lockhart. 
And then there might be a group of people that are like, you know what? For a hundred bucks, I'll buy the streaming console. Right? And other people be like, you know what? I'll play the games on my mobile phone for whatever it costs because I already have the mobile phone. But it's all up to Microsoft to provide the content and provide the messaging and the marketing for all that, you know? I always get, like, people freak... I mean, there are core people who are conf- not just confused, but actively freaking out about the way gaming is going. And it's, it's it's like fear of the unknown, right? You get yeah. people saying, oh, games, games, Microsoft's trying to kill gaming with game streaming. And it's like, they're going to stop making Xbox consoles. And it's like, no they've, no, they've got more people working on hardware at Microsoft than they ever have know, right? in the company's history. They're making like four new consoles, like uh, this is one. And do you know how many Surface code names there are now? Probably a ton. Surfaces being made. But here's the thing: those people doing surfaces, they just want Xbox to fail. They want Microsoft to leave. They don't care. They don't care if it does well. They don't care. You could tell them, hey, it, 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 like this, this month in the MPDs, like both three, all three consoles set a record. The first time was all any of the three consoles were over like 1.3 million ever, right? And they'd be like. Xbox still sucks or still failed. It's like you sold almost as much as the Switch and you know only like a hundred thousand less than the PS4. If you're not first, you're last. Okay. Uh <laughs> YouTube like a dislike generation. I blame yeah. Facebook, man. I blame Facebook. Yeah. Well, I just want to give a shout out to Lumi for the super chat. Really appreciate it, man. Hope you're enjoying the show. Hope everybody's enjoying the show. If you are, make sure you hit that like button. But did you see Polygon's joke? <laughs> did you see? Okay. I did. So it's a funny thing. When I was first told about the code name, uh, about a week before you uh, wrote the article, uh, a buddy of mine told before me. A little bit, but I wasn't. I was. I was sworn to secrecy. Um, I, you just. You're sneaky, man. I. You know whatever either way <laughs> the person told me and i was like and i responded with them my anaconda don't want none if you not games <laughs> that's oh, the first that thing what it's, is it it's from it's from a, a a song uh sir mix a lot and then Nicki minaj remixed it but like my first response was like the joke that polygon did right and we had a laugh about it and I said to the guy, I guarantee you 100% when this code name comes out, someone is going to make the stupid joke. And it's stupid because it's the most obvious joke you can make. Right? <laughs> it's And sure enough, there goes Polygon with the most obvious joke you can make about Xbox Anaconda. Like, okay. And then, of course, you have all, everybody's upset about it. Oh my God, Polygon! How could you do this? Journalistic integrity, right? <laughs> First, shout out to Indie Gamer. He says you guys seriously rock big time in your channel, Ren. It's the best out there, Barnon. Happy holidays, guys! Thank you so much. We really do enjoy doing the show. But Jez, what did you honestly think about the Polygon thing? You had a whole group of people. Some were just like, "Oh, it's fun. It's just a harmless joke." You know, people like really, really upset. Media bias, this proves it. What do you think? I think on the one hand, yeah, it's a joke and it's funny. But on the other hand, it's sort of like there's an undercurrent of I kind of believe 
Polygon doesn't like Microsoft. <laughs> There's certainly nobody at Polygon who seems passionate about Xbox. So, you know, at the same time, it's kind of like, well, it is what it is. But th- what, it, what it really means is that Microsoft still has so much to prove, you know. It's not, whether it's bias or not, it, it doesn't really matter. But it shows that there is this, Microsoft's created a perception for itself where they don't have quality games and they don't have an abundant amount of games. They have, Microsoft has created that perception for itself. Yeah, and, um, that, I mean, that it, yeah, that's true. And we've, uh, we've, beaten it, we've beaten the reasons why to death, Terry Myerson era, you know, and, and the whole, the transition, uh, the transitional phase from Satya Nadella was pretty disruptive, I think. And then Phil getting on senior leadership team now, so he has the budget to buy a billion bajillion studios. And the fact that it's going to take time to get a regular content schedule rolling. But, you know, I think Microsoft will hopefully rise to the challenge. I just, it's, the thing is, it's, it's easy to make fun of Xbox, right? Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. it's the punching bag. And, you know, they've had, they've, look, I'll be the first one to tell you. The last two years have been pretty bad. I've made videos about it. I got in trouble. People at Xbox were mad at me. You know, like, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, well, some people might be like, I like Sea of Thieves and State of Decay 2. I'm happy for you. Like, that's great. But to me, it's kind of been like, I don't, what has even came out these last two years? I don't even know. Like, it's just been like a wash. It's, you know, you know, it's like, I just don't remember. It's like nothing of importance. Forza is Forza. Like, come on. Like, it, it, it's great, but, like, it's Forza. You know what I mean? Um, you know what would make Forza great again? What? What would make Forza great again? Rafting and hunger mechanics. <laughs> you, <laughs> I hate you. I hate you so much. What if you had to, like, what if you had to, like, fill up the car with gas? And if you ran out of gas? And you, you, you could buy snacks from the gas station? You know what? Yeah. That would make me more inclined to play it. But so the thing was, is like, I saw that tweet and I was like, mm, tad bit unprofessional. I'll be honest. But like, if you look at their previous tweets before it, though, it, it, it's, it's, it's so apparent what they were going for. It was like, you know, their previous tweet before was like two retweets, 10 likes. And the one before it was like five retweets, 15 likes. Right. So it's like, I think our Twitter gets more than that. So, but it, but it was low. And then this one, boom, like 300 retweets, a thousand likes or whatever. Right. It's just, you know, it's, it's okay. It's acceptable to bash the Xbox because the, you know, the common perception is doesn't have any games, you know, like remember, remember when God of War came out, remember what IGN did and they literally had to have like Ryan McCaffrey make a public apology to Aaron Greenberg and Phil Spencer because they put, because their Facebook page put up an image of, uh, God of War on the PlayStation on the left side, and then it said PS4, and then the right-hand side was just a black screen with Xbox One, Ugh. right? And people lost their minds, so much so that they were going at IGN, and they had to make a formal apology to Microsoft. <laughs> I, I know you have to remember this, right? I know people yes, in chat have remember, to remember. I'm, I'm not crazy. So, there were some. There were some Xbox executives who posted like sub tweets about Polygon over the last couple of days. It's uh, 
like it is what it is, you know. And I know, like, I know at least Phil and the people on his level they see it as part of the, their challenge to yeah. uh, fix the perception of Xbox. And I think I want to believe that they can do it. Well, bring it up. You bring up Phil Spencer, and I, someone called me a segue. Cor- corporate slave in the chat because I have like. I think what's the title of this podcast? Oh, Phil Spencer, Person of the Year. So the guy was like, "Oh, ran trying to make it run for the Corporate Slave Awards or whatever." Uh, but <laughs> it was literally, I'm not calling him my Person of the Year. Uh, Games Industry Biz called him like People of the Year, right? They wrote this article. They interviewed Phil, talking about like the job he's doing, uh, turning around the Xbox brand and the strides they're making and what they're going to do with the future. And like they named them as that. And I think it's, you know, I'm a little bit biased when it comes to Phil. I'll be the first one to admit it. Uh, He's done a lot for me, like personally behind the scenes. Uh, He's the one who invited me to go to E3 uh, to break a million gamers score 2016. So I'm, I'm getting my biases out of the way. I like the guy. Right, I'm friends with them. I talk to them uh, quite a bit. Uh, I play games with them, so like my biasness shows. I, I like the dude, um, but I do think he's doing an actual great job. Uh, my one issue I did have with Phil was the lack of first party content. The 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 talk of hey, we're gonna build a first party studio, like a first party stable, but then like not following through with it until this year. So like now that I see that's you know he's doing that I'm like well like that's all I really want like hardware is great services are amazing like Game Pass is the best thing you know on on the system like making good on your promise of building first party to get more diversified content that's not Halo Fours and Gears like uh I'm, I I think he's doing a great job and then you think back like where the Xbox brand was in 2013 after Matrick was gone and I'm like it's it's amazing the Xbox is even where it is right now like if it wasn't for Phil and his leadership and his vision like I'm not even sure the Xbox is even still at Microsoft I I wouldn't be surprised if they sold it off like Satya like it's no secret when Satya got in he didn't know much about gaming it was the one, it was Phil's the one who convinced Satya that it was worth investing in. And if Phil wasn't there and showing his vision of what he thinks gaming is, uh, <laughs> like, I honestly think the Xbox division could be gone. And, you know, am I, like, kind of crazy to think that, Jez, or what? No, I think, like, the Xbox is in a really bad space, and, and the, the speed at which Don Matrick bailed was pretty shocking but you know phil himself would be the first to say that xbox is a big team effort there's a lot of there's a lot of like great people at xbox who aren't your terry myersons or your don matrix and stuff like that so like what i think i'm not sure xbox would be completely gone because it, it so very closely fits in with microsoft's cloud strategy but I think like there is nobody better right now to put that vision forward to the to the execs who don't really understand gaming. Because that that's half the battle with running Xbox at Microsoft has been trying to get non gamers who are basically their bosses 
to understand what they're doing. If they're like, yeah, we need to make this really high risk investment building up all these studios. Like until Phil, they just would have been nah, nah, you know. So, but uh, Phil isn't the best person in gaming this year. Who's the best? It's our boy Todd Howard. I man. knew you were gonna say Todd. that. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say Todd Howard in that lackluster <laughs> game Fallout seventy six. <laughs> You know what? I've never I've never seen a company uh, go from uh, hero to zero so fast in my life. Oh well, you haven't been reading Blizzard's social media. Oh well, yeah, that's that's a whole different thing. Um, it was EA, then Bethesda, and now Blizzard all sort of created their their fan base. Who's next? Who's next? What company's going down the drain next? Who's left? Really? I mean, Bl- we, you know what the all, most surprising we one hate is? EA already. We hate Activision already. You know what the most surprising one is? It's it's Blizzard. I thought Blizzard was like untouchable, dude. You know? Untouchable. And then like the okay, stuff they're doing forever. now, it's like, hoo, 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 man, I was wrong about that one. Um Yeah, but I, I'm I, I think with Phil's like I think there's also a contingent of people that look at Phil and see the strategy of we're going to put our games on PC. We're going to put our games on mobile. We're going to put our games on anything that can take our games. And they don't know how to process that. Right? Oh, yeah. For sure. Because for so long, they're invested in this fake war where their self-worth is tied to exclusives and the list and like these games that can only be played on Xbox. So here comes ahead of Xbox, and he's like, we're going to put Halo Infinite on console, and we're going to put it on PC where it's going to be the best. And then you can play it on mobile. And hell, it could possibly be even on the Switch. And people look at that and they're like, well, what do I need an Xbox for? And they don't comprehend that Microsoft doesn't care where you play the game. It doesn't like they don't understand like Microsoft doesn't care if you play it on the console or if you play it on the PC or if you play it on the mobile phone all they care about is that you're playing the game so, in their ecosystem it's what it's Phil said in an interview he said in a weird way you want to sell as few consoles as possible because the margins are bad the idea is to sell you sell as many games as possible so if they can sell copies of Halo Infinite without selling the hardware then it's bad margins in a weird way, but it's kind of like Surface. They still want to have that flagship hardware experience, and they'll still keep doing that because it's brought them a ton of goodwill. Like Sur- Surface has really sort of slammed home this idea that Microsoft can make hardware as good as Apple and or the other tech companies at that level. Microsoft can compete at that level, and and in some cases, completely surpass them. You know, in terms of value and power and and stuff like that. Um, so there's always going to be an Xbox, but it's just going to be like, you can play it wherever you want now. Yeah. I mean, and that's a little bit different strategy than what Sony's doing currently. Sony's like, you want to play our exclusives? You got to play here. And to that's, a lot of people... That's fine too. Well, to a lot of people, that's the winning strategy. Because a lot of people, it's like, this is the war you have to win. And, you know, uh, which you can't argue with Sony's strategy. I mean, it clearly works. 
works for them. You know, and yeah, it works for them. It may not work for Microsoft. I mean, micro, I mean, Xbox is just following the trajectory path of what their whole company does. You put the you put the service where the customers are, right? And if you yeah, some customers will come to you and buy the console. Some customers will play it on the PC, and others will be on mobile. Uh, that's what it is. Um, but I don't know. I guess that goes into the whole Xbox is poised to dominate next gen. So I read the Engadget article, and um, you know they talk about like how they learn from their mistakes, how they're like all the, you know the buying the studios and you know the Game Pass and all these great things that they're currently doing, and. Well, I agree with most of it. Like, I love Game Pass and everything they're doing. Like, I, I've said this before on the podcast, and I have a video coming out pretty soon, probably after Christmas. And I know there are going to be some people who laugh at me, right? But I've never been more excited for the future of Microsoft's first party than I am today. And that that's well, I don't know ever. why. Why would people laugh at that? I mean, because I'm not, because I'm not they'll even... laugh at it and they'll be like, "You're just an Xbox." Or you know, or whatever you're, you're just. I'm excited because, I mean, I, I've had lots of conversations with people at Xbox about what I think is their issues, and I think even with the money, the most exciting thing is they've got money now. They didn't have money before; they have money now. That's the most exciting thing. But you know, with that needs to come creativity, and I've I've said to people at Xbox, I feel like your games don't have teeth; like they they play really safe. You don't take any narrative risks. Like, like I use the example of The Last of Us. Like, the first 10 minutes of The Last of Us are more emotionally memorable than pretty much the last 10 years of Xbox exclusive. Because all the Xbox exclusives are super safe. And, like, you know, there's no, like, there's no fear anything bad's going to happen. Because it's like, oh, it's Microsoft. They, they don't do controversy. Yeah. And look, controversy. for the record... I don't think Microsoft is going to dominate less, let, let, let next gen, let alone win next generation, right? Like, I think, I still think Microsoft has an incredibly tall mountain to climb. I think they're doing better than they ever been, been now or done. Like, I think they're positioned strong for having a good next generation and a good closing out for this gen. I think everything they're doing now is, is, is positioned for that. But like, I don't think like they're going to do- dominate such a strong word, but then again, you're a, someone who has to write titles for your articles. I'm someone who has to write article, you know, uh, titles for my YouTube videos. Dominate is a word that is an eye catcher, right? Yeah. I mean, like I, we don't title our own articles at windows central. Okay. So I, I tend to like, I go with like, I tend to go with like a really, you know, what I feel is an honest, depiction of the article but then the editor might come in but like no one's going to click on that title and he'll change it to something that's more like controversial yeah I've had in, that the, world, in the world of youtube you see a, you see a you know a, a youtube video that's xbox to dominate playstation 5 and that that gets the eyes because then you're like dominates playstation all right like let me hear what you got to say some people will come in there and laugh at you some people will come in there and cheer you i think xbox is supposed to have a much better gen- next generation than they did this gen but oh, yeah. the only way I see, I see two scenarios. The only way Xbox could dominate next generation and is that if streaming takes off in a way nobody predicts and Microsoft is the one there reaping the rewards immediately, right? Or two, Sony makes a colossal screw up, an absolutely colossal screw up. 
mean, an Xbox uh, size 2013 screw up? Like colossal. Like the system blows up. Uh, I, it's eight hundred dollars or something. Uh, like some emails, <laughs> some emails leak, and like the Sony executives were calling, you know, being racist or something, right? Some some super screw up. I mean, the PlayStation Three screwed up. I mean, it was overpriced, and that generation ended up as a tie. Like, just be- because Xbox isn't strong in Europe and Japan, uh, like they need that kind of, you know, they need something to like really screw up Sony to kind of like get people to, like jump ship. So that's why I don't think it's going to happen. But I think I-, I do think Xbox can have a much better generation, sell more consoles, sell more software, make more money. And at the end of the day, I think that's all that really Microsoft cares about. I'm going to sure, would they love being about, number one? Probably. It's about having a successful business. I mean, Surface doesn't sell anywhere near as much as Dell, but it's a successful business. You know, and it, it's a successful business and it makes Microsoft look good. So. <laughs> Sam Tolbert says email leaks and Sony executive were being racist. True, but that was more Sony pictures, not like Sony, uh, the game division. Like there weren't any emails of like Yoshida being racist or, or Jack Seriously, Tretton. That happened. Yeah, that you don't remember that? Like that that totally happened, man. <laughs> All those like so, Sony emails from Yeah, that that totally happened. Um you know if if the if if PlayStation Network getting hacked and going down for a month happened now instead of back in 2009 Someone correct me in chat. When did PlayStation Now get hacked and go offline for a month? It went offline for a month? I didn't I'm know pretty sure. I think it was offline for 27 days. Or maybe it was three, three weeks, two weeks. Somebody will correct me in chat. But, I mean, they got hacked, right? They shut down PlayStation Network. If that happened now instead of back then, I think it would be much... Okay, so 2011? So, oh, 2011. Okay, so it's a little bit, little bit later than I thought. I think if that happened now, I think that would be a that I think that would that that would <laughs> Ravenslow says, "Are you serious?" So, like I I don't remember when it was. I thought it was two thousand nine, but two thousand eleven. Um, yeah. If that happened now, I I think that's like detrimental. If that happened, to Xbox and Sam Sam says it was a twenty three day outage. Can you imagine if Xbox Live was down for twenty three days and your personal information was sold or stolen? It'd be done. It'd be done in this day and age. Same thing. It'd be done. But, you know, that's seven years ago, right? So, I mean, hell, you know what I think? I even think if the Red Ring of Death was happening right now, it'd be over for Xbox as well, right? Because back then with the Red Ring of Death, you're talking 2005, no Facebook, no Twitter, um, no instant really communication. They're sure there was chat rooms and stuff. There, but... was no, there was nowhere to be angry back then. You could be angry on MySpace, but no, no one was listening. Yeah, so like <laughs> I, I think if the Red Ring, if like literally every other console was dying, and it was right now in 2019, 2018, it'd be over too. Like people, like ooh, I mean, I guess they lucked out for having that back then, but um, yeah, really something's just. I don't know. Um, something else I wanted to talk about, which uh, is very interesting, and and it deals more with Sony, but the Spider-Man costumes, Jez. Did you oh, see yeah. this stuff? 
Well, I saw I saw the odd tweet about it, but I, it just sort of like passed me by. Like I saw some some people I know who are into PlayStation a lot. They retweeted stuff, and I just thought it was like a, a small vocal minority. I didn't realize it was this massive controversy controversy until um until I saw like some of the really angry tweets. Oh, about people were this. angry. People I were mean, incredibly what? angry. The movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the movies, okay. The Ra- I'm sorry. The Raimi Spider-Man movies are suck. Ugh, I actually like the Raimi Spider-Man movies, but it definitely, it definitely was a really weird thing for people. Like, it, it got to the point where like people thought it was going to be one of the DLC packs, and then it, and when the DLC three was announced and it wasn't included, they just lost their minds. This like small group of people who really wanted this Sam Raimi Spider-Man suit. And they just were like hammering the developers, right? Just hammering the developers, and um, it eventually like came out that it was going to be like they gave it away for free yesterday, or was it today? I think it was yesterday, and it was planned in the works the whole time. They just were negotiating the rights from Columbia Pictures. It was just something they couldn't talk about, but like people were like, "You're silencing me, and I demand this and all this stuff." And I'm just, I'm sitting back on Twitter, so I don't really tweet much, right? Because I don't want to say something I'll regret, you know. So it's like I, I'll, I'll respond to if you tweet me on Twitter and you ask a question, I'll respond when I see it. But I don't really tweet out certain things, like you know, if I have stuff to say, I'll say it in my videos. Uh, I don't really want to say stuff on Twitter and get taken out of context because. It's hard to read a tweet sometimes. You don't know if people are trolling or if they're being serious or if they're joking around. Um, but man, like, uh, they were just getting hammered. And then, like, <laughs> the community director for Insomniac was going back at the fans uh, in a way that, I mean, if... I wouldn't say I would fire him if, like, that was my company. But, like... Kind of like straddling that line a little bit there, right? And I understand he got death threats and stuff, but like, whoo, like I, I don't know. Was he, was he giving it good back as well? Yeah, he was giving it good back, but like you know, at that point, it's just like, well, you do represent the company, you know, like you probably best course is just block and move on at that point. But yeah. I was, um, I've seen like similar similar reaction. I mean. I mean, did we talk about the Blizzard stuff already? No, we have not. We could talk about it in the same sort of context. I mean, for people who don't know, Blizzard... um, Basically, what happened recently with Blizzard was Mike Morhaime, who's a co-founder, or at least... I can't remember if he's a co-founder or just a very early member. But Mike Morhaime left as CEO of Blizzard now and retired. Blizzard now has no CEO. It just has a president. And and lots of people took this to mean that Activision is now in full control of Blizzard. Now that Mike Morhaime is gone, there's no one to stop Activision basically running all over the country. Uh, country? Running all over the company. And uh, the first thing that happened was Heroes of the Storm, eSports got shut down, and they announced that they're vastly scaling back development of, of the game. Um, obviously, people freaked out because Heroes of the Storm is actually pretty popular. and um, but it's not it's not at that level Activision want, I guess, for whatever reason. And uh so everyone's really mad at Activision now. Or well, well, Activision Blizzard and they're all saying like 
Activision has taken over Blizzard, and that's why World of Warcraft sucks now, and and that's why like you know Diablo is going to mobile, and basically this perfect storm of all terrible things, doom and gloom, blah blah blah. And it's similar to the Insomniac thing in the sense that if you go on any of Blizzard's socials and look at the replies to completely irrelevant tweets, it's just people being angry. And I'm pretty angry, right? But there's a way <laughs> there's a way to be angry about it. And like sending death threats and you know and stuff like that. I mean, voice your disappointment. Hell yeah, you know. But like, and people just yeah, super take it super too far sometimes. Yeah, like the, I think it's some of it's the you know um, anonymity of the internet, right? Oh yeah, for sure. And like people just like can go crazy, and it's like oh you know like there's no name attached or anything, but. I don't know. I I never like. I never in a million years would see myself writing a, an angry tweet to developer like that angry, you know. And so it's like I I can't think of what would make like what state of mind someone would want have to be in to do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I barely comment on YouTube videos. Uh, you know, like I'll respond to people in my own YouTube comments, but I don't think I've ever left a comment on someone else's video. It's like. I, I go to their channel, I watch the video, and that's it. Like it's, it's, I've never gotten in this mindset of like I need to tell the person something or I need to be an asshole. Like that's not me. Um, you know what I mean? Like I, I just, I just don't get it because like I, I do, I just, I do it with politicians a lot because they're screwing with people's lives. You know, I get really, really angry at politicians. Oh, you but, do, do you? Oh yeah, hell, hell yeah, but um. But that's politicians. They are screw- they are actively screwing with people's lives. If 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 a game developer is trying to make a fun game, they're not screwing with your life. You know, it's <laughs> there's a way. To, there's just a way to go about it. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, uh, there's always a better way to go about it. I just I don't know. I just don't know what it's like to be in that mindset to want to tweet mean things to somebody because I I literally just disengage and be like, all right, I'm gonna go do something else. This isn't. Like the Sam Raimi suit not being in Spider Man, is that a big deal? No, it's not. Like, and someone asked me, "Is like, am I going to replay the game now?" And I'm like, "No." Like, why would I replay the game? I well, don't get it. That well, movie's not even good. The Sam Raimi costumes in it. I was like, "Yeah, but it's just a costume change. It does nothing else. It's the same game with just." I, and maybe it's because I'm not into cosmetics. So like I don't care, dude. Dude, I am into cosmetics. I know. You, how much money you've spent on uh, Overwatch loot, loot boxes? Let's talk about that. Yeah. that how much are you gonna spend on Fallout seventy six stuff? Uh, zero, actually, zero. because at least in Fallout seventy six you get tons of free points. Um, mm. but you don't in Overwatch, obviously. But I I digress. Um, the it's just it's just really strange it almost feels like it almost feels like the uh do you remember the rick and morty thing where they were they were trying to get mcdonald's to put that sauce back yes 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 i remember that it almost just feels like people just want to belong to a movement yeah i guess so i guess so um did you see that the uh razor xbox one keyboard and mouse was unveiled yeah, everyone forgot that I leaked that. Well, uh-huh. I was paying attention. 250 I that. bucks. 250 bones. I leaked that in... um, Man, 
It was nearly three. I like that. Yeah, you I love know. you love reminding people that you. But I, there's still people that think you never get anything right, though. Yeah, I know. There's so the Xbox Razer keyboard and mouse, two hundred and fifty bucks. Uh, I think it's getting unveiled like for real, for real. Uh, at CES. CES. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's it's too expensive. I mean, what what are they what are they thinking? A keyboard, a mouse. I mean, considering or, like other keyboards and mouse work, you can just plug a regular one in. I, I just because it's got a, a slide out little tray for the mouse, so you can put it in your lap. That is that is ridiculously expensive. I mean, isn't that kind of in line with most of Razer's products, though? I guess it is, to be fair. But the thing is, like, their laptops feel worth it, and they're they're cheaper than Mac stuff. And more powerful generally, but two hundred and fifty pound keyboard for console. Here's the th- here's the thing I have with the keyboard. You can use it with PC. Well, yeah, I guess that's true too. But that's the whole thing I don't get. Right? If you want to play Xbox with keyboard and mouse, why aren't you just playing on PC? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the one thing I don't understand. Like, look, I'm all for giving people options. You want to, people want to play on Xbox and have their keyboards and, and mice and play Fortnite and get masked together, whatever. Like, and we all know Xbox is all about options. Like, that's their calling card, this gen. But I look at it, it's like, if I want to play keyboard and mouse, I'm playing on the PC. Like, why would I play keyboard and mouse on console? Like, I, I just, I don't get it. I, I, it doesn't and make and any more to the point. They're now. It's two hundred and fifty dollars, right? And yes. also, it's it's being marketed as for Xbox, but really, you can use it with a Steam machine or or any sort of PC that you've got plugged into your TV. I've got a friend who's got a PC plugged in downstairs that she games on, and uh, she uses like um, a lap a lap board. They're called they're like keyboard and mouse. It wasn't two hundred and fifty dollars though, but still. Um, so like. I can I can understand the desire to have it, but the thing is, just for Xbox, there's how many games that support keyboard and mouse games on Xbox right now? Like two or three. I mean, like Fortnite, Warframe, Warframe, uh, Strange Brigade, I believe. Strange Brigade. Okay, so is that four? I mean, they announced a whole bunch at XO18, but not all of them have their updates yet. Uh, okay. Well, even still, there's no like, there's no heavy hitters. I mean. Fortnite, like, oh, except for Fortnite. Fortnite, the biggest game in the world, not a heavy hitter, according to Jess Corden, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Jess Corden. Well, okay, there's no like serious shooting games there, like Call of Duty, for example. Well, true. Overwatch. Yeah, I, I just really, really the implementation I was looking for, ideally, was um, the system where it would separate people by their inputs. Well, that's well, what so doing. far. But all the games so far are games that have like all everyone in the same service, right? Mm, I mean, if you plug in a keyboard and mouse to Fortnite, you get matched up with keyboard and mouse people. You don't get matched up with controller people. I thought you. I thought that they were just all together. Like you even nope. got matched up with mobile people. Nope. You plug in if you play Fortnite. You plug in your. Uh, Keyboard and mouse on the Xbox, you get matched up with uh, keyboard and mouse people on the PC and on Xbox. But is that through Fortnite's system? Yeah, I mean, like like they've said, they're leaving it up to developers to do 
run the games how they want to run them. You would assume for most it won't be putting keyboard and mouse with controller in a lot of these games, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. As well, what I want to see is, like, I want to see games that are exclusively keyboard and mouse, like like, uh, Age of Empires, for God's sake. And, like, Gears Tactics. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a start, right? Um, It doesn't feel worth it right now. There's not, like, a huge ecosystem of great content there to take advantage of it does feel weird that this is like a big thing like keyboard and mouse coming to xbox like like i said like is there really a large contingent of people asking for that like maybe there is and i just i just don't hear it but i just don't think i don't know like i just don't think many people care and because if they did i think they'd be playing on pc like now if this like happened to be like well here's all these uh pc exclusive games that are now playable on xbox that need a keyboard and mouse then great but i i i don't know man like i don't think that's that's the case um i don't think it's the case either but i, I missed a couple super chats so i gotta shout them out eternal should die he says when phil leaves who should take a spot who should take over for phil when he leaves jazz Phil will never leave phil will stay there by the time by the time phil's sort of getting to that age where he wants to retire i think like They'll have developed cybernetic implants and Phil will just be more. Can you imagine if uh, Mike Ybarra was head of Xbox? That'd be interesting. <laughs> it certainly would be. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think Phil's the per- the best person around. I can't. Roby. They can put Roby in charge. Just in Roby. There you go. I don't know. Who, I don't really know that many. Like, I, I know a lot of people there, but I don't know a lot of people there. But And the Mac of all 10 says... Which Todd is... Howard. They put Todd Howard in charge. No, he Halo, didn't. Halo on the creation with hunger. No. <laughs> the Mac of all 10 says, has anyone heard about the worldwide mud flood in the 1800s? Look it up. Like, Okay. The what? <laughs> but I don't know. I, I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but uh, the worldwide mud flood. But um, the Ravenflow says Matt Booty. Burrow Burrow Chow says they could put Matt Booty in charge. A lot of people are saying, you know, bring in the booty. Uh, he he can run the show, um, and maybe he will. You know, let's see let's see how Matt Matt Booty can run first party studios now. You know, if he does a really good job, picks out some really great studios, they I start turning out some really from good outside. Like um, I don't know, Yoshida. Like Yoshida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yoshida. Um, did you see that uh, Titanfall Titanfall three was basically confirmed, huh? By job listings. Well, they've uh, they confirmed it in their earnings call a while ago, but um, they they're ramping up now, aren't they? They're building up their team, hiring, and all that sort of stuff. So I, I was actually thinking about that round, and this is slightly off on a tangent, but okay. I was thinking, what if like EA's because the whole the whole problem with Titanfall Two was that it was sandwiched against COD and Battlefront, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Battlefield, I can't remember which. But what if they move to move to a cycle where it's like one year Battlefront, one year Battlefield, one year Titanfall, and they did it like that, three three year break for each game. I mean, that could that could work. That could work definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously Battlefield would greatly benefit from a one year break. Clearly, Battlefield Five was not ready to come out on November fifteenth. Should not have come out this year. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, if you if you do Battlefront one year and then Battlefield the next and then Titanfall the next, yeah, that could probably work. But they're probably not going to do it like that, right? This is EA we're talking about. And they already have, like, so Respawn already has a Star Wars game scheduled for next year. That Star Wars Fallen, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Which means, is Titanfall 3 next year, too? Or is Titanfall 3 2020? And if so, is it a, like, I think Titanfall is best served to be a March, April, May game. Like, I think it's kind of proven that it can't hang with the big boys in November or in October. So, but I think like you put it in a slot earlier in the year and I think people gravitate to it. Cause there's not like that. Titanfall? Yes, I did. Did I you played... play it that much? Titanfall one. Hell yeah. I played that game a lot. Titanfall two though. Did you play that much? Mm, I played. No, no, I did not. Uh, I, I played the campaign and I loved the campaign. Campaign uh, was very good. Yes. The, the multiplayer. No, I mean, people, People didn't really like the campaign of or the the multiplayer of two that much, so a lot of people didn't play it. But I mean, dude, people were playing Titanfall one like all the time. I put a lot of time. I didn't put as much time as a lot of my other friends did, but I put my my fair share of time in, in Titanfall one. I think I've like, got like I got about fifty fifty ish hours on Titanfall one, I think, and about twenty hours on Titanfall two. I just hated how weak the Titans felt. Yeah, they did kind of. Yeah, they did kind of feel a little bit weak, didn't they? Um. Also, before we take questions, so you guys, if you uh got any questions for me and Jez, uh, make sure you put them in chat. But did you see what's going on with uh, the Walking Dead final season and Epic Games? Oh yeah, it's it's exclusive now to um the Epic Game Store. Yeah. So okay. Now it reads to, it read to me that like they helped funded the rest of the game, so they got the exclusive rights to sell it in their store, right? Right. Which is, dude, is Epic? Epic seems to be really serious about this. Like they are going well, out and they are getting games, and they are money handing games from Steam. Um, yeah, for anyone who's already purchased it, they'll still get it on Steam. Yes, well, they, but, had, to, they had to purchase the season pass. Yeah. Anyone, anyone who's, I think it's people who purchased episode one can buy the rest of the game on Steam. Um, but the, for anyone buying it new, it's exclusive to Epic Games, which is so weird. It's like you're gonna have half the people on Steam who've already invested in it, and any new people they bring in are gonna be on Epic Games. I mean, and then you look in the chat, and everyone's getting mad about it. I don't feel like Epic Games is really doing themselves any favors by being this bullish. Do you? Well, I mean, like, if if you're starting up a new store and you're going after the king, which is Steam, you got to do it in a flashy manner. You got to get give reasons people to choose your store. You know, they're giving out two free games every month or something, right? And then, like, you got to get game. Like, you got to give a reason for if the same games are going to be on both stars, why does anybody have a reason to choose, like, your store? So you make it more you know, uh, uh, alluring to developers by offering a better cut. Some you just straight pay off, and now you have some PC gamers like, all right, well, if I want to play these games, I got to go over here. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, is it going to work for them, though? I mean, it's like they're using, like, all their Fortnite money to try to, like, beat Steam, right? Yeah. Interesting strategy. Um, Do you think it'll work, though? 
I I don't know. I think they've got like they're getting a lot of good press, but I still think they've got a really, 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 really long way to go. Question: I, mean, I saw um I saw uh there was an interesting thread from uh his name's Raphael and he's the developer of The Long Dark, mm-hmm. and he was calling out Variety because um, Variety had a clickbait article that was basically saying Me Epic Games the new king of the new king of PC game distribution or or something like that. And it's like, all developers should go here now because you get a better cut. But he was just like, yeah, you get a better cut, but you, we don't know how many games you're going to sell. You could sell yeah, millions exactly. of less games. Yeah. On um, And he was saying it was irresponsible for the media to make out like um, Steam isn't still a good offering just because they offer they don't offer a competitive cut but they they don't have to because they've got the huge massive platform they've got bigger operating costs with the cloud and stuff like that and um you know it is what it is i mean steam steam can offer a more competitive rate eventually i suppose but right now they still they're still the king of pc distribution yeah can you imagine if microsoft did this with the windows store yeah, I mean, well, I mean, people people are already mad at Microsoft for um, putting their games exclusively on the. Windows I know, store. right? Can you imagine if then they also like did what Epic's doing right now, a money hatted third party game yeah. into the store. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I I imagine it wouldn't go down very well. Yeah. Anyways, I thought that was pretty interesting. But uh, let's get into some of these questions. Face wants to know if Sony releases two SKUs for PS5, which will you buy, the high end model or the base model? High end model, baby. It's always got to be the high-end model. High-end model. I'll get the, I'll get the Anaconda, and I'll get uh, whatever they're going to call the PS5 high Like, I'll get both, like, at launch, because I think Sony... I don't think Sony's going to... I don't think Sony or Microsoft is going to have an exclusive problem next-gen, especially at the beginning. Both of them kind of really... Like, both of their launches were, in my opinion, the, the, the exclusives were very similar, very, mediocre-ish, you know? Like... It wasn't until later on where like PlayStation kind of like okay they got like the better and it was like this year where they were like okay well it's like literally no contest anymore but in the beginning like it wasn't the games and games are just you know but I don't think that's going to be the case next gen I think Microsoft and Sony both come out swinging I mean I would I I kind of expect Horizon Zero Dawn two to be a launch game for the PS five at this point and who knows ghost of tsushima last of us 2 and death stranding could all be launch titles at this point because we have no idea when those games are coming out they could are they they done with killzone then no there's okay so there's so gorilla started up a second uh team or second studio or or something and they hired the gameplay director of the lead gameplay director of rainbow six siege Oh, uh, so you know it, why are you hiring the lead the lead gameplay director of Rainbow Six Siege and bringing him over to Gorilla to the second studio? And, unless you're not planning on bringing back Killzone, right? So I, I like Killzone. So I would imagine, like you know, Sony recently said they're doubling down on exclusives. The fans demand them. You know, the single player stuff. So I could totally see them, you know, putting out Horizon Zero Dawn two at launch. And then having a kill zone for later on, and they're going to have Spider Man Two and God of War Two, and you know all, all these other in like Xbox will have Halo and you know Ninja Theory's game and the Forzas and Obsidian's game and uh, the Fables and stuff. Like I, I expect the exclusives situation to be much better from the get go. At least that's my kind of standpoint <clears throat> on that. 
Um, we get some Super Metroid info from Nintendo. Please. So, Skyhero Gaming says, do you think IO Interactive needs to sell really soon? Because Hitman 2 is doing horrible in sales, didn't even get the top 20 in Ember MPDs a month of release. Yeah, it's pretty rough for them, huh, Jez? IO Interactive. Yeah. Um, Hitman I mean, Bomb. Like, Hitman 2 didn't look much different from Hitman 1. Yeah, and, and they kind of... More or something. Well, I think they screwed themselves with the episodic release of the the last one, and that kind of carried over to this one. So I can't imagine them doing Hitman Three. I, I don't imagine Warner Brothers wanting to partnering up with them again. I I think now's the if you really wanted to get them, they're probably you know because they're probably looking for their next game, and they're gonna need money. And Hitman Three is probably not going to happen, or you know, at this point. So it's like, you know, they're going to have to go try to get money from a publisher, somebody else, somewhere else, or do Kickstarter. So yeah, I'm worried about IO Interactive. I really am. I could easily see that studio shutting down. I could also see Microsoft coming in and you know, maybe buying them. I mean, they're a great studio. Um, I mean, there's there's no doubt about Hitman's quality. It's just is there a big demand for stealth games now? Gunstar says, "Which one of you is Cloberl? Uh That's Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> no, Cloberl is not Jazz. I have no idea who Cloberl is. Yeah, um, He's not a Microsoft employee though. I know that much. Sam Tolbert says it's never too early to start the conversation, so let's do it. What are your current expect expectations for Microsoft at E3 2019? Oh man, game studio hardware services. Let's hear it. Oh, he wants it already. Okay, uh, we're already talking about E3 now. I, I, it's a question. He asked it. Um, games, jazz. Uh, all right. Um, Ninja Theory's game. I think will get debuted. At E3, uh, their whatever their launch title will be, it won't come out in 2019, but it'll be revealed. <sighs> Obviously, you're going to get a huge game. I think you'll get a huge, huge gameplay reveal of Gears Five. Uh, a trailer for Halo Five that's a little bit more in depth. Halo Six. Well, Halo Infinite. Yeah, Halo Infinite, Halo Six. See, here's the thing. I don't. I don't expect them to do a lot of things because you could look at it a couple different ways. Sony's not at E3. So Microsoft has a show to themselves. So they hold everything to 2020 because there's, there's, there's no one else to compare to. So you automatically won. Do you go balls to the wall and just show everything immediately and win and get people talking about you because Sony's not there. Like these are conversations they have to have. But I mean, if some games aren't ready, some games aren't ready to be shown. Um, I honestly can't see them debuting Fable. I think Fable's like 2020. Uh, will will they show it off for the first time? I I, I don't know, man. Like I I could I could see E3 2019 being a more subdued thing. I I expect maybe some more studio purchases potentially. So I, I would like to, th- even though Microsoft could easily hold their hand close to their chest and maybe. Do a, like a more competitive uh, 
uh, XO19, maybe, if Sony's going to do an event later in the year. I could see Microsoft playing their cards close to their chest, but I could also just see them thinking, you know what, it's E3, we're going to have the Microsoft Theater, let's put on a good show. Because, and... uh, I don't know, I like to think that Microsoft will put on a good show either way. And, well, it's um, like... The thing is, like Microsoft likes to show off games that are coming out that year, that year and the next year, right? So if if they go with that same approach, you would be say, okay, Ori, because Ori is not coming out before E three, so Ori two might be there again. Well, uh, ge- generally they do because generally, Age of sure. Empires was announced quite a while ago at E three or not at Gamescom, E3, but at Gamescom, but it was announced quite a while ago, and it's still probably quite a ways away. So like. Maybe if they're if they're confident enough, they could announce or at least tease like what they're going to be working on, Phantom Dust style. Although yeah, obviously I mean, not with the cancellation part. Like I guess Gears, Ori, Ninja Theory's game. Obviously, uh, for there wouldn't be a new Forza because there's not one coming out next year. So there's no like they do that the year it comes out. Maybe there's some like Microsoft global publishing games that we don't know about that they could, you know, talk about. Second party stuff. Second party stuff. I I'm just kind of looking at first part Killer Killer Instinct two. Nah, maybe that's see a lot of the stuff I would I would imagine they'd hold for 2020. It's like 2020 is like next gen. We're announcing everything for E3. Here's the launch lineup. But then here's also our games for 2021. And it's like and if you really want to wow people like. You know, here's a sneak peek at the initiatives game and stuff. Like, do you have to do that in 2019? I'm not really sure because, like, I'm not even sure what games they're going to have in the beginning of 2020, quite frankly. Because all we know is what Gears Five, Battletoads, Ori, and Crackdown, right? As far as like the known games going forward. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? You're not wrong. So, like, I I don't know. Is everything 2020 towards the end of the year? Like, I, I don't know. I'd have to get more thought into this. I'd have to get closer to the event. Then I start hearing whispers uh, about things. I expect a lot of third-party games to be at the show because Sony's going to be gone. So I, I expect there to be, like, you know, a lot of third-party content. But I don't know. It's going to be it's gonna, it's gonna be interesting. I can see it going either way, honestly. Um, I wonder if they'll do more cyberpunk stuff. I... I they could do it. Yeah, I mean, I, it depends. I don't know. I mean, they've probably got the marketing deal, right? Hey, but at least we can speculate about E3. Sony's not even showing up. <laughs> <laughs> got them. Um, let's see. What else we got here? Any other questions? Um, so, Jay Venue wants to know, should the Xbox 2 controller have a slot like Dreamcast v- VMU for phone so you can use the thumb touch screen or camera for recognition and gameplay? Well, um... Interestingly enough, I've heard that Microsoft and its partners are exploring mobile phone peripherals specifically for Project X Cloud. So, like, imagine imagine exactly what you said, like an Xbox controller where you can dock your phone and turn it into, like, a sort of Switch kind of device. Um, and also, the way X Cloud, I think, is going to work is uh, developers will either be able to just dump their games onto xCloud and just sort of let people control them with a controller or whatever. But I also think they're going to give... Sorry, what? Uh, I got to go take my dog out real quick, so just keep on taking questions. I'll be right back. Oh, great. I mean, I've got to open the chat then. Um, But yeah, basically, I've heard that 
Microsoft is exploring making accessories that have like sort of a more of a mobile feel to them and stuff like that. Uh, whether that comes to fruition, I don't know, but they're working with partners right now, such as Razer, I believe, and uh, some others I've heard about, um, to make sort of docks and that sort of thing. And as I was saying, the um, the way xCloud works is developers will either be able to um, sort of just let the Xbox controller do the heavy lifting, but they'll also be able to code a sort of overlay a sort of um, a touch overlay. So there's going to be some kind of touch system that goes along with that whole thing. Um, so who knows, man? There could be all sorts of things. But the thing is, the thing is, Smart Glass was supposed to be that, and nobody used it. And now Smart Glass is dead. So it depends if people use it. FR Dispatch Gaming, do you like doing this podcast? Yes, I do. I don't get any money whatsoever from doing this podcast. So I pretty much um I pretty much just do this for the fun of it and you guys, at least the nice people. Um Yeah, pretty much it. Uh let's see what the questions we've got here. Uh question what dog you got around and did you get it? Uh that's weird. Um Jez, answer my question. Rank can't get over the past. What question, man? What question are you talking about? Uh, xCloud works. You go to GameStop or Walmart and trade in your physical games, and Game Pass will give you games. Yeah. Um, apparently, you will be able... I, I mean, this is a Brad Sam's leak. He said that you'll be able to trade in your physical games and get the digital versions. You trade them in. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but Microsoft had those systems in place, you know. Yes, do you like bookies? Not really. Are you talking about gambling stuff? Jez, are you going to be posting a list of your most anticipated games? Yes, I am, actually. I've got that scheduled for next week. Um, we have, like, a Windows Central most anticipated games list. Um, I ask. I want to ask chat a question, right? Post in the chat, what is your single most anticipated game for next year so far? I think right now for me, I'm actually pretty excited for Anthem. Um, I just kind of hope that it's going to be good. But of course, it's EA, so we don't know. Yeah, see, Nate Miller, Nate Miller, Anthem. So I've played Anthem, and I've played Metro Exodus. Um... What was your sleeper hit of the year? Oh, that's a good question. My sleeper hit of the year was probably... It was probably State of Decay 2. And I know I'm probably going to get hate for that, but... I really like Apocalypse games. I really like State of Decay 2's gameplay. I was disappointed with State of Decay 2's quality. I was hoping it was going to be more AAA. I'm hoping that like we see... I hope, I'm hoping Undead Labs can grow to a level where they can make it AAA. I'll have to wait and see. Uh, Jess, how does it feel to be British? Uh, pretty depressing. Lots of existential dread, that sort of thing. Uh, Jez, favorite Switch game? So far, it's Super Smash Brothers, but I haven't played that many. I played Super Mario Odyssey a bit. That's pretty cool. Uh, but I'm not really into Mario that much. So I'm just sort of waiting for Pokemon next gen. I'm kind of a sucker for Pokemon, sadly. 
Uh, Jazz, what was your game of the year? My most anticipated is Sekiro. My game of the year for this year was Monster Hunter World. I had so much fun with that game at the start of the year. I was really impressed with the way Capcom continued supporting the game after launch. Uh, adding new monsters. The the whole Kulv Taroth raid was just epic as hell. Um, it was a really, really cool game. Was it? Uh, yeah. Was, was it talking, we're, talk, we're talking about our games of the year right now. Man. Oh, I haven't made my, my list yet. Pronounce controversy. 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 Um, so are we doing a show next week? We haven't decided. I, I can't commit to a show next week, but maybe... Okay, so we might do a show, we might not. Uh, we shall see, but we really appreciate everyone coming out to watch the show live here. If you enjoyed it, make sure you uh, give it a like and subscribe to the channel. Follow Jez, his uh, link is in the description, as always, on Twitter. Uh, the giveaway and all that stuff was, is there. What do you? Well, I mean, you're going to be doing holiday stuff, so I was going to say, what do you got planned for windows central um, well i'm um, we get in a we get in a list up of the most anticipated games for 2019 next week all their release dates and stuff like that so like you can keep 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 track of all the wallet busting games that are coming out um other than that it's going to be probably a light week i think for me yeah i actually have a whole bunch of videos planned tomorrow i mean it depends on if i have the time but like i got my indie games of the year got my game of the year video coming out soon uh, a look back at Xbox this year, a look back at PlayStation, like a whole bunch of different types of videos I was planning on making. Uh, so hopefully you guys enjoy that. But I uh, hope everybody has a great holiday. If you're here watching it now, watching it later, Google, iTunes, have a happy holiday. And uh, we will see you um, either next week or next year. So, <laughs> um, yeah, have a good one, and we'll see you uh, when we see you, I guess. Have a good one, guys.